All right, guys, welcome in. It's Brad with College Sportscast. John Hammonds and I tonight are here to do our Week 10, The Big Fuss Show. Attention. It's all a commotion around here. What are you talking about? Let them yap at you. It's actually very exciting. All right, guys. Welcome in. Week 10, What's college up? sports cast. What's up, Hammonds? Not much, man. Just sitting in this cold, cold night. It's Boy, I tell you, the weather sure has changed. I can tell you it's, that. It's changing, man. I've been working outside since last week. And last week, it was like 75, 80 every day. And yeah. this morning, it was like 28. Like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what happened, but the weather just said, you know. <laughs> it, decided, know. it decided, hey, you know what? We're going to Thanksgiving and Christmas, and let's just – Let's just begin it already. Start it. <laughs> it's, it's gotten cold. Matter of fact, I think last night set a record here, I believe. I think here. I think t tomorrow, well, I think in the morning, it's supposed to be in the early teens, and that's cold for this time of year, like this early in November. That's I think it set a record here in Bowling Green. And that's Bowling that's Green. bad news for don't like snow. Lover, if snow lovers, that, that don't sound good for snow lovers. Yeah. Snow haters, I'm sorry. All right, so. guys. We're going to – we're College Sportscast, and we're here to do our Big Fuss show. This is our hot topics and debate shows. So we have some not good segments here for you guys tonight, and we'll kind of get started. We are presented by the Fanboys. It's on the bottom down there, and we're on Let's Talk Sports, Sideline Sports, the Real Fresh channel. And I'm a writer with Stadium Rant, and I'm also we are also on WSBN TV channel 30. All right, so our first thing we're kind of going to get to tonight is our opening hot topics. Mm -hmm. So I'll get that up going down at the bottom. Um, the first one that I want to get to is Ohio State running back Williams has season-ending surgery. Um, you know. Yeah, they uh, – we'll get to the college football playoff rankings a little bit later, but they, mm -hmm. they're they they're a top of those, which was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, that was and a little – They're going to be without one of their um, running backs for the rest of the year. So, that's I mean, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty big deal, you know, when you lose your one of your top running backs. Well – I mean, I know that they lost um, Williams, but at the same time, you know, they still got Marvin Harrison Jr., so they're not they're not completely – And they kind of were the two-back – I think they had like a two-back system. Um, yeah, so. and, and they and they got four stars and five stars all over the field, so it's not like they're going to be able to hurt, be hurt. You know, they got guys that can come in there and replace him, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's true. 
but we always kind of start out. Um, yeah, it's still it's still it's still tough uh, to lose your one of your top running backs. Yeah, we always kind of start out talking about that kind of stuff. So my, and the next thing I want to ask you about is, did you see that the ACC released seven years worth of schedules for the football schedules for the next mm -hmm. seven years? I didn't see that this week. When when they posted this week? Uh, a cup. I think it was posted maybe Saturday or Sunday. Uh -uh, I didn't see this one now. It was it was posted. So, what I found interesting is there are some teams that seem to have cakewalks, and then there mm -hmm. are some teams who seem to get like all the you know upper tier teams. Mm -hmm. And and you know and have a much tougher schedule. So I'm going to mention one team that I looked at. Okay, Louisville is not scheduled to play Florida State until 2030. 2030. That's wild. Like I don't understand that scheduling. Well. The, and they the didn't ACC. play Florida State or Clemson or North Carolina this year. I think the SEC is going to kind of do something similar. If we, if for next year, I think with Oklahoma and Texas coming, they'll they'll do the whole switch it around and. Yeah, but I think the SEC is planning on having you know you playing basically every team within like two to four years, mm -hmm. not playing Florida State for including this year would be eight seasons. Yeah. Um I, that's you a, know that's a, Florida State is one of the is one of the top tier teams in football. That's a long the time, ACC. to be honest. Yeah. I mean I, I just thought it was I was looking at a few of the teams schedule. Of course Clemson and Florida State and and a few of them seem to have a little harder schedules. Mm -hmm. And then I was looking at Louisville's schedule and I thought Louisville's schedule this year was pretty soft. But yeah. next year's, I think, even softer. Like, I I just don't really understand the scheduling. I don't and, either. It's... And what they are doing, how they're going about it for the ACC. I just – so if you haven't had a chance, look it up. The, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll check they it released, out. They released seven years' worth of schedules for the ACC mm -hmm. starting in 2024. I'll check it out tonight, actually. Yeah. All right. The next one I want to get to is over the last couple of days, couple of nights, college basketball is kind of heating up, and we are getting to the point where the season's going to be starting actually a week from last night. Monday is night. The first, is, is the first night, and we are kind of in that exhibition game um mm -hmm. season right now for college basketball and two of the top four or five teams in the um preseason poll is Kansas mm -hmm. and Michigan State and they both lost Purdue the last lost two. It, yeah you're right Purdue lost too which is a, another team that's in the top five and, and I didn't put game, them over. I kind of oh. threw this together but so three of Top five teams have lost in the exhibition. Well, now, I actually watched the Purdue game against Arkansas, 
and that looked like a mid-February game. The crowd was into it. It, it, I, it felt like one of those Saturday games that you you watch yeah. on Saturday night. And, well, Kansas and just, lost to Illinois. It's not like they lost to nobody. They yeah. lost to Illinois, and Michigan State actually lost to Tennessee. So and Tennessee looked really good offensively. Yeah. So I mean, these are not these are not games that they're playing a bunch of nobodies. They're actually playing other, you know, um, power six conference teams. I will say this about these exhibitions: a lot of people take these exhibitions come out of out of context a lot of times because I, I mean I get that they lost, but a lot of this is to get younger players to play. Um, maybe they emptied the whole bench. Maybe they, maybe they only played six or seven players. You really don't know what's going on. That's oh, well, absolutely. In, these, in, in a few of these, you know what's going on because it's it's live and they're showing it on TV. But some of these secret scrimmages they got going on, you really don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, behind behind the behind the right. those scrimmages. And a lot of times yeah, I mean, the fans. I just find it, I just find it interesting that these teams are playing some kind of top, you know, top teams, mm-hmm. and in exhibition here, and um, you know, three of the top five of preseason. I think you know, this is I mean, the that, new that era. tells you. Yeah, to me. Yeah, to me, that tells you that college basketball is going to be competitive as crap. Yeah. To me, I think this new era of secret scrimmages, these exhibitions, this is the new thing in college basketball um, going forward, I think. And I think it's good for every team because, you know, every team needs to find out what what their team's made of before the season starts. You know, try to figure out lineups, try to figure out where they're going to be. Um, because you know, when you start that first game, you gotta just you gotta get started. And you get a couple games under your belt and you can figure things out. You know, we look at look at last night. Um, Louisville loses to Kentucky Wesleyan. You know, I mean, to me, that's back to back years where Louisville has lost to two division two schools. And I'm gonna be honest with you, that don't sit right with me and set right with Louisville fans, especially if you're Kenny Payne right now, because you don't – I get that fans don't want to overreact to a, to a loss like that, but you just don't lose back-to-back years to Division II schools when you're trying to build a program like Kenny Payne is doing. Well, since, you, since you brought it up already, that's actually my next topic, actually, um, talking about exhibition games – so mm-hmm. Division II schools, Pace, and I, Kentucky Westland's not spelt right, by the way. It, yeah. I know it's not. Uh, Kentucky Westland is, is the other one, and I, I threw all this together, so I apologize. But anyways, um, they lost, and, and those two schools beat St. John's and Louisville in exhibition games the last two nights. You know what um, really – you know what really shook me last night in the Louisville game? I, I watched bits and pieces of it. Is the fact that Louisville was so much bigger than Kentucky Wesleyan. And got and out got, rebounded. And they got out rebounded. Now 47 to 33, I think. There comes a point 
where there's going to be some hard conversations be made between you know, well, the so another thing about the Louisville game that, that that I was that I was made aware of and and in the game there's a there's a whole lot of like one on one with the Louisville stuff so they only had seven assists as a team the entire game as a team listen the that's entire not entire game that's not going to win you many games in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, like seven assists for the for the you know for your entire team for for the whole game is, I mean, that's that tells you you're not looking for open teammates. You're not now, you're not trying to pass the ball around. You're not running gonna, sets. I'm going to take up for Rick Bettino here. And, and and the reason I say that is because it's his first year at St. John's. Now, if this was his second year and he had lost to a Division II school, I could understand a little bit. But this is two years in a row with Kenny Payne. And it, it don't seem like it's getting any better. Um, you know, it seems like there, there's so much how, – how do you say this? There's too much friction going on. I don't know. Like last night, there was a there was a play in the game where um, Sky Clark was just out there dribbling, 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 and Kenny Payne was looking at him like just just go to the goal, and he he was agitated with him. Um, I feel like that this <clears throat> Kenny Payne's a great coach. Don't get me wrong; he's a good coach for what he is, but I don't think he's handled. I don't think he's got enough experience to to be in that position that's what it is i mean listen kenny Payne was a really really good assistant coach he was good he was good at working with the bigs he was good at recruiting Mm -hmm. but here's the deal and this is what louisville forgot okay he's never been a head coach anywhere ever not at High school level, not at any other college. He's never been a head coach anywhere. And I think that is what the challenge is. Mm-hmm. He's just not accustomed to being a head coach. Well, and he's and he's having to talk to these young kids, and it's and, and there's just a lot of pressure involved with it. And it's and he's a great guy. Absolutely great is. guy. Any yeah, he's, is a great a, guy. he's a wonderful human being. It's just like I told you last night, you can be a wonderful human being and you can have all the th- look look at Tubby Smith at UK. You know, he had a couple down years and then he had a few years where he had some really good teams where he had Cliff Hawkins and Gerald Fitch. But they was a couple teams there where they should have went to the final four. But being Bogan, a good, but being a good person, but being a good person don't win you football games or basketball games. There, nope. there comes a point where you have to have some hard conversations, like the AD is going to have to have with Kenny Payne, because Louisville fans are not going to put up with this in basketball because that's too deep in tradition basketball, especially with the with the fact that Denny Crum was a well known coach there and he had a lot of tradition there with the players that he brought there. Um, you know, especially I mean, Kenny, the, Kenny Payne played for Coach Crump. He did. It's I mean, so like I said, there's going to be some hard questions being asked here pretty soon if this continues. 
which yeah. I think I think it will because last night I didn't see any I just didn't see any effort to see things change unless unless well, it really are, just they are, they are preseason fourteenth in the ACC out of fifteen schools. So I should tell you something there. All right, and I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, West Virginia, um, their 6'9", I think he's 6'9", 6'10", big guy collapsed on the floor. Mm -hmm. I didn't um, see this one, no. Over, it was either yesterday or day before, one of the two. Um, but he is now at home, and they are evaluating everything. But it happened in the second half of the game there was a foul called and during the where the refs were going up to the scores table and telling who made the foul and you know mm -hmm. and blah 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 and all that he was like standing on the floor and just collapsed it was like during a, a timeout because of a foul call mm -hmm. uh, but he just collapsed on the floor well, about 15 well, minutes I, I haven't heard before. this is the first I've heard of it but prayers to him and his you know, hopefully he can recover and whatever whatever the situation is, you know, hopefully he can get back on the court and take care of business this year. Yeah, you know, it's just a bad deal when you hear about these things. It always takes me that, back. Uh, to, you know, I, I think it about that. It takes with, me back to Hank Gathers. Well, and it takes me back to Keontae Johnson, you know, with when he was with Florida, you know, where he collapsed on the yeah. court and then he. Now, Hank Gathers was a long time ago, though. Most yeah. people probably don't remember that one. But you know Hank what I love about that, Keontae? You know what I love about that Keontae Johnson situation? He got an opportunity to have a second chance, and he took advantage of it at Kansas State and had a ridiculous – I had a great year. Senior year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did. I agree with you. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our Hot Topics part of the show. And we are going to move to our Pick 6 segment. All right, guys, this is our pick six segment. This is where we take a couple of topics and we will um, tell you what we think is our top six most of the I time. Know, I know on one of these, you're one to argue big time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our pick six. My first one is going to be pretty simple. College football, the first college football rankings come out this week. Uh, today, mm -hmm. um, and there's a surprise. Ohio State is number one in the college football rankings, college football playoff rankings. Georgia is number two, and Ohio State is one. So first off, what's your thoughts on that? I'll be honest with you. I like Ohio State. I think they have a solid team. I think they got one of the most elite defenses in the country. But my biggest concern going forward with Ohio State is quarterback play, um, McCord. 
Now, there's a couple games where a lot of it wasn't his fault. He made some mistakes. He did some things that, you know, you know, you normally see. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to become better offensively if they want to win the national championship. And, see, that's where I got a problem with it because I think Georgia deserves to be number one still. Until I mean, beat, I don't see how you could not have Georgia one. Yeah, but, because know, until you beat Georgia, until you beat Georgia, Georgia's still the champ. And they they got the better offense. Now, they don't have one of the better players in the country like Ohio State does and Marvin Harris Jr., but they do have Lad McConkey and such, and there's Dominique Lovett, which I take that back. They did have one of the top players in the country, Brock Bowers, but he got hurt. I'm right. saying I'm saying now they don't have that one top two guy that they can go to like they did with Brock Bowers, but they still got plenty of options to go to. But there's possibility that Bowers could be back by the, mm-hmm. by the players. Especially maybe, maybe by the SEC championship possibly. Yeah, maybe. There's possibility. So, so let me run through let me run through the, the actual college football playoff rankings real quick. So we got Ohio uh-huh. State one, Georgia two, Michigan comes in at three. Florida State is four, five is Washington, six is Oregon, who is the first team with one loss. Then you got Texas, seven, Alabama, eight, Oklahoma, nine. Ole Miss comes in at 10, um, ahead of Penn State. Penn State is 11, Ole Miss is 10. Uh, Missouri comes in at 12. And Louisville comes in at 13. And that's the teams with one loss. Eli Drinkwitz, coach of the year. Yeah, Missouri comes in at 12. And they actually are playing Georgia, Georgia this week. Him. Yeah, this week. So they have a big mm-hmm. opportunity to move way up the board. They do. Yep. Yeah. Um, LSU is the first team with two losses. They're at 14, Notre Dame's 15, Oregon State 16, Tennessee 17, Utah 18, UCLA is 19, and 20 is USC. I won't go any further than that, but I will say this. Air Force is 25th, and they are still undefeated and 8-0. Yeah, my upset pick didn't go like it wanted to Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just so you know, they are still undefeated as a group of five. Tulane is 24, so they're right there with them. Um, now, I'm going to I'm just going to tell you straight up what I don't like about all this these rankings and stuff. I don't like the disrespect for Florida State. And I tell you why. Because you know they go on the road, they beat Clemson. Yeah, but I think Clem- the Clemson win doesn't look as good now. Well, it's still Clemson, and they beat LSU, and they went on the road and whipped a decent, not a, not a great, decent Wake Forest team. And then a week before that, they beat. I mean, I'm trying to think. Was it Duke? Well, they beat Duke. They beat Duke, which with Ryle, you know. even. They still beat him with Riley Leonard in the first half. Yeah. So, I mean, Florida State, to me, deserves to be at I least number three. I don't think that the Clemson win is getting any real, you know, 
attraction. They're not really getting anything from that, if you ask me. No. I agree with you, but still, it's a solid win on the road. Like, it's, it's still Clemson. It's a top it's a top win on the road. Ohio State, I mean, the reason I think they're there is they have beaten Notre Dame and they have beaten Penn State. They have beaten yeah, two. But- they have beaten two of the top 15 teams. But after really watching Penn State, are they really that good? I'm just saying, you go down the list and look here, how many of these teams have beaten two of the top 15? On well, this you look at, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you this. So Penn State against Ohio State, they struggled almost the whole game up until I, I guess it was the third, fourth quarter where they made some plays and – Got, got within a I mean, touchdown. It was just a 20 to 12 game. It wasn't yeah. like they beat them crazy. The biggest thing with Penn State was this past weekend with Indiana. It yeah. made me rethink this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. Indiana is not it's a not good, good. They're not a good football team. They're, no, they're Indiana's not. not good. No. And this game was what? It was at Penn State, I think, right? It was no. at Penn State. No, it was, no, at, it was, it was at, at Indiana. But yeah. – you should win that game going away with how bad Indiana is. And Indiana was in that game until the fourth quarter. And actually, there's a couple of times where they should have really won it, to be honest. And, and they I mean, did. Oklahoma, Oklahoma's beat Texas. Texas has beat Alabama. Washington has beat Oregon out of mm-hmm. the top teams that I can think of. You know who the wild card in this is? Missouri. Well, that's one of them, but the Missouri wild card is definitely the wild card right now. Because if they beat Georgia, then it just screws up the whole SEC. Yeah. But yeah. the wild card right now to me is Oregon. Because if somebody falls apart, Oregon will slide right in there. And and, and this Oregon team can win the national championship. They got yeah. both Oregon's, Oregon's gotta have Washington slip up in order to do, do that. In which Washington plays USC Saturday yeah. at USC, which so they are favored. If Washington were to lose, then Oregon has a shot to slip here's, in. Here's my biggest thing with the whole Washington thing. Washington plays USC Saturday. They're favored by three points on the road. Now, that's kind of surprising. That's kind of surprising to me, which I get USC's not played the best. USC's not really had a really great – last three weeks, but still, I think USC at home is, is hard to play against, and I just don't think that's a right spread, to be honest. And We'll find out because Washington has played really good at times, and in the last couple of weeks, I don't think they have played up to par. Really well, like hard. I said, Oregon's the wild card because you got, you got Bo Nix. You got that defense that is absolutely solid. You know, if it hadn't been for a fourth down play at midfield, Dan Lanning, I don't know what his head was into at that point. He had a fourth and one at midfield, and he decides to go for it. And instead of getting it and, and going – actually, he went for it and didn't get it, Washington goes down and scores and wins the game. If if it not for that, Oregon wins that game, and they're still undefeated. They're still undefeated, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they so, – yeah. Oregon is the wild card in this because they have a really good offense. Bo Nix is literally shredding defenses right now. Like we're not we're not talking 
Just and, any, and, any defense. And Utah and Utah's got a great defense. That's what I'm saying. It's just not any kind of defense. This is yeah. Utah. Uh, I think he, he beat well, – Washington's got a decent defense. They're not the best, but they're decent. He picked them apart for what, 300-something yards, 400? And 300. I think he got Utah for what, 300 yards? Yeah. I mean, he picked you them know. apart. I mean, I, I said that on the weekend show, wrap-up show, a couple and of I'm gonna say, And I'm going to even go as far as saying this. I wouldn't be shocked if Bo Nix is sent to uh, New York. For, he's got, for he's got a chance. Right now, he definitely has a chance to be in the top mm. three or so. Um, chance at the Heisman. He definitely has a chance. He does. Um, my, my surprises in the rankings was Ohio State at number one. I was kind of surprised that they were there. Ole Miss at 10, I thought was a little bit surprising. Um, I think you know, they're I better think, than I think they're better than Penn State. I guess Ohio, I mean, I guess not if, not defensively. If you look at everything Ole Miss does outside of playing Alabama, they're pretty good. They just don't play worth a shit when they play Alabama. Here's the thing. Play. Here's the thing about Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a better team than Penn State, and I get why they moved them ahead of them. Penn State does not have an offense. Penn State has a defense. They and Penn do. State's huh? They do. You're right. They don't have they, do. they don't. And, and everybody thought they would have an offense coming into the year, but we've seen that against Ohio State. Once a good defense got to them, they pretty much shut them down. So, and Indiana, you know, moved a lot on their defense last week. But I think the most consistent team in that little section there is Ole Miss because they have the offense to compete. Um, now, their defense ain't as good as Penn State's, but their offense, when Lane Kiffin has that thing clicking, they can score at absolute will. Will, ladies and gentlemen. Now, unless they play play Alabama. Yeah, it's just (laughs) – I can't get the Alabama games out of my head most of the time. Yeah, you you take Alabama away and it's – But they play great against everybody else most of the time. They do. They sure – Look pitiful every time they get on the field with Alabama. They do. <laughs> and, you know, so – but anyways, I I would have Georgia, Michigan, then Ohio State, then Florida State, Washington, Oregon. That would be my top six. Well, I'll give you mine. Mine is one would be Georgia. Two would be Ohio State. Three would be um, – Florida State, and four would be Michigan. And I'm going to tell you why Michigan. They haven't played nobody. I know. They haven't played it. anybody. I know. They, they beat up on – let's, let's, let's just be frank. Sorry, competition. They have. And, and I believe they'll get their first test here pretty quick. Um, Not this week, but next week. I think it's next Penn week. State. They play Penn State. So Yeah. At Penn State. Yeah, it's at Penn State. So, Ohio State uh, will get tested this weekend at Rutgers. People people want to slap over that game, but I'm going to tell you something. Rutgers are playing good football right now. so They have been. They've been playing pretty good football all year. All right, so we're going to get into a basketball topic with our pick six. 
I want you to kind of tell me what you think of the top conferences in college basketball and who you think maybe that will be in an order and give me your top conferences. Like I know for me, I feel like the top three is going to be the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big East. I think those are the yeah, three. That's that was my three conferences. Um, that's the three. My, that's the three top. Mine is Big 12. Um, I, I would switch it up and put the Big East second and the SEC third, which you could probably move those back and forth to second and third. But I'm going yep. to tell you a league that is the most underrated league in college basketball, and people overlook them every single year, Mountain and yet they continue and they continue to impress is the Mountain West. Mountain West, because you got last year, because you had New Mexico last year. Which, it, if it hadn't have been for a choke down the stretch, they would have been in the play in the um, NCAA tournament. San Diego State gets all the way to the championship game. Last San Diego year. State. Then you got Utah State, and then you're going to add UNLV this year, which they ended up getting a five star. Um, yeah. can't, think I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they got a five-star player come in, and they're going to have the best roster that they've had in quite some time. Now, it's not Jerry Cartanian good, but but, it, but it's good. And Talk then you sure. have – and then on the other side of that token, um, I think you have Boise State. Um, then you have – I'm trying to thank some of the other teams in there. Um You said there's New Mexico, another, right? There's, there's another team in there I'm trying to – at the top of my head. There's San Diego State, Boise State, um, Utah State, um, New Mexico. I'm, I'm, I guess that's it. If, if I don't think there's any no, more of them. There, there's another team in there. I, I got – Yeah, there's another there. team in there that there uh, I, I, can't, of I just can't think of it at the top of my head. Um Mm, Colorado State is who I was thinking about. Yeah, um, Colorado State. They get in there and they and they they had a really good team what two years ago, and got to the round of thirty two I think. So that is the most underrated league in the country. San Diego State will be good once again. Um, Boise State's going to be a team to watch. I had them UNLV, fourth or fifth last year. So UNLV I mean, is going to have, like I said, UNLV is going to have their best roster they've had in years. Um, then you've got the top dogs in there, Utah State and San Diego State. Like I said, it, it's going to be a fun – my biggest thing about the Mountain West is everybody overlooks it, but those Thursday night, Friday games that come on late on the CBS Sports Network, yeah. You, if you missed some games last year from those games – Late at night, you miss some outstanding basketball being played. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great, great league. Because we had question, two or three games that, that went down to the buzzer. Where does that leave the Big Ten and the ACC? Because, I they mean, that, that, where does that leave the Big Ten and the ACC? They're way on down the list. I think you got to put the Big Ten in next. Here's the thing that I don't like about the ACC. You got Duke. I think the ACC is going to be better than last year. It's going to be better. But the thing is, you got Duke and you got North Carolina. And then you got everybody else. Yeah, Miami's going to be pretty good. Miami's going to be decent. Um, Clemson will be better. 
Clemson has a shot. They do. Which Clemson had plenty of opportunities to go to the tournament last year. NC State has a, has an outside shot to making the tournament. They do. I um, think um, Virginia is the Virginia, other one. Yeah, that's it. Virginia is the other one that I think there's four teams for sure that I think will make it, and that's Duke, I'll say North this: Carolina, Miami, a team to watch. Virginia. The team to watch this year will be Wake Forest. Steve Forbes might be one of the better coaches in the country, underrated coaches. Um, if They're anybody with NC State, I think that you know they mm-hmm. could. Yeah. Think about, think about NC State though. You know they start out really good, and they just go on a downward dive at the end of the year. Like it's just yeah, you know it. That's the way Clemson did. Was it Clemson last year where they yeah. had that good start and then it was just like they nosedived yeah, they the rest like of the year? 14 and one or 15 and one or something like that to start. Yeah, with. and they lost like six, seven straight and then they just never was the same anymore. Yeah. All right, man. We're going to move on and go to our no fly zone segment. Negative. That's not going to fly here. To our no-fly zone. First one's going to be my topic. Just going to say, I've been I've been saying this since Saturday. I'm going to keep saying it till somebody pays attention. Replay needs to go. And the reason why I'm saying it needs to go is this. There were, there was a play in the Kentucky game. There was a play in the South Carolina, Texas A&M game. Um, Those two specific plays, I'm just tired of seeing the way they go to the replay and they take all the time that they take on the field and then they act as if that you just simply can't have indisputable video evidence and you cannot overturn a call. When, and when it's and when it's right there in front of you. Yes. And you know, well, the play was called this on the field, and and it's gonna be almost impossible to have indisputable evidence to turn this around. And so then what damn good is instant replay? Isn't the purpose of having instant replay to look at the replays and actually try to get the call right isn't that the purpose of it i think or i think so or is, or I mean, is because... the purpose of, of replay to go to the damn monitor to almost next to impossible to say well that might not be this and we can't overturn that is that the whole damn purpose to have replay why i would rather have the the college clock back where it stops after first downs See, here's here's Instead my Instead of biggest. wasting my time on these stupid ass replays that tell that they tell me it, it's not an, not enough video evidence to overturn. What? Like it's clear as day. I can see it with my own eyes in the replay. See, here's my thing, and I'm kind of want to take it to basketball. 
to a point with, with the whole monitor reviews, you know, with the charge calls, with the, with the being in the box and, you know, the, the flagrant ones and the flagrant twos, like you're ruining the game and, and the integrity of the game when you continue to keep making these calls. You know, for instance, you look at the Tennessee game Saturday. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was in at first because it looked like the toe dragged. But then I looked at it a second time, and it looked like his toe was kind of floating. And he bobbled the ball. And he bobbled the ball, yeah. When you catch the ball, you have to actually, like, have control of the ball. So it went through one of his hands, and then he kind of grabbed it and kind of bobbled it. And by the time he did that, he was a step and a half out of bounds. He was. And, and what, I mean, there's no way on the face of this earth that that was a catch. And then in the South Carolina and Tennessee game, I mean, you mean Texas South A&M. Carolina and Texas A&M game, a guy actually made the catch drug his toe, and they called him out of bounds, okay, on the field. They went to the monitor. The monitor, you could actually see his toe is on the damn ground. You can see it. I mean, it's plain as day. And the thing I, about college, and all they you need result, is – They come back and say there's not enough video evidence to overturn the call. What? Yeah. I just – like, if that's the bullshit that you're going to do, then get it out of the game. It needs to go. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of there's no reason to have replay if you can't get the damn plays right. Well, and I'm I'm going to give you another one. There was an NFL game a couple of weeks ago, I think. Somebody had knocked the ball loose. Well, the ball had come out before his foot touched. And after the replay, they called it that his knee had already touched before the ball come out. And I'm thinking, you know, the camera is right there on top of the up on top of the field, and you're basically saying that you don't know what you're looking at. You don't. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, the way if the you college game it, thing is, it's designed. They basically are saying whatever is called on the field is what we're going to go with. And they're not going to change the momentum of the game. So so why have the damn replay? Why, See, I'll tell you, you what really – Here's the thing that really hurt that whole – the whole Tennessee part of it because Tennessee goes down and they store – they kick a field goal before half to go up 23-17. I'm not saying if, it changed the outcome of the game. No, it, but – Kentucky come out in the second half and scored, I think, what, two two times? Maybe one touchdown and a field goal or something? And a field goal, yeah. Not saying they would have beat Tennessee, not by no stretch, because the defense made plays that they couldn't make the last couple of weeks, and they just could, they couldn't do I mean, it. To me, that's, that's beside the point. I'm not even talking about that this changed the outcome of the game. I don't think that – I get what you're saying. I don't think that the, play in the A&M game – change the outcome of the game because it was an AM catch and touchdown. To the and, they ended up, just, and they would have just won by more. I mean it didn't change the outcome of the game. 
But my point is, if you're going to go to the damn monitor, then you have to be able to say, okay, this needs overturned. I mean, if not, give us the clock, the college clock back where it stops, and we'll we'll take that time instead of eating up the time to stop the game and go to review. I'm going to be honest. With, I'm going to be honest with you, and that's another thing I like to talk about. I think the times killing college basketball or college football. It's not, and they're making all these different rules. There's different rules now. And now in college, there's a rule in basketball this year where they're going to start calling more blocking fouls instead of charging if you're not if you're not set. According, well, I kind of like that myself. The, the charge rule was getting way out of hand. People that was getting people, out of control. People aren't even set. close to being set. I'm actually interested to see if that's what they really go by, because what I'm hearing is it'll well, be it happened the other night. Part. It happened the other night in the Kentucky um, Georgetown game. Something happened and, and yeah. he wouldn't say it and they called it a block. Yeah. That's old school. There's that's be, the way it used to be. But the you thing is, step so, your feet, your feet had to be set. And there's going to be some, but you know how it is. And I know people say, well, they don't do this and they do that, but some referees are going to are going to bypass that and they're going to call a charge a lot of times because that's just some of them. That's just how they operate. Well, all right. To get back to this, the replay, it's an absolute – to keep it is absolute no-fly to me. To get rid of it right now would be a fly. That's what I say. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel with you. So, My next topic on this is – with Michigan and Harbaugh. You don't so fire it up, Brad. You don't fire it up, Brad. <laughs> I'm hoping, man, supposedly this past week with all the, you know, scandal with the scouting and with the stealing signs and all this stuff, supposedly Michigan has pulled a contract extension from Coach Harbaugh. Um, of course, Harbaugh and the school is denying this. Yeah, but it's like rumors, rumors like say that they have pulled a contract extension from Harbaugh. Should that happen or with all this, or what do you think? I think I think until this gets resolved, I think you don't do any. I think there's because if the coach knew about all this, then that's an issue. But you just don't know because what there's different details coming out, different things. Now they got a thing where the apparently the same guy was on a different sideline this past weekend, or maybe I don't know if it was a year ago, whenever this 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 past week, whenever, but he was wearing shades in the back of the coaching staff. And they're yeah. trying to figure out if it was actually him or not. And whatever this guy's doing, I don't know who he is. I just know what I've heard about him. This is going to cause friction among fan base and coaching staff. And eventually it's going to get to a point. Harbaugh just got suspended four games this year, beginning of this year. 
and he's just back for three or four games. Well, and see, here's my biggest coming out. Well, here's my biggest thing with this situation, and what it's going to what it's basically going to boil down to is if Michigan even wins or does something great, they're going to be like, oh, they cheated. It's not going to it's not going to mean nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. to Michigan yeah, fans, it will. But to other people, it's going to be like, oh, they cheated. They cheated to do that. They cheated to do this. It's it's going to be that replay over and over and over and over and over to the point that people ain't going to believe what they're saying. And it's just yeah. going to be a, be a downhill drag. And But I think this is a good fly because until you really know what's going on at Michigan with Harbaugh, I think you have to – you had to let this settle down and get the. Yeah, I think it actually did happen. I think they did shelve a, a contract extension, um, and it's probably a good idea. So I would it do is. a fly on this one, Espe- especially at this juncture and what's going on with the whole sign stealing stuff and whatnot going on yeah. in Michigan. So I agree with that. My next one. This has to do with Dabo Sweeney. I don't know if you. Heard the show last night. Have you seen any of the stuff where he uh, – there was a guy on a call-in show. Tyler was his name. Oh, no. Tyler, yeah. And Dabo Sweeney actually ripped him a new one several different ways last night. You know, um, you know, a few weeks ago, there was some stuff with Stoops where he said, you know, you can apply for a job and, and you know, and – and, and take your swing at it. Well, Dabo mm-hmm. said that and a whole mm-hmm. bunch more last night. Well, he <laughs> yeah. went into how he, you know, his coaching, you know, with his salary, he, he went really in depth yeah. with, with what he was saying. And well, he did, but the guy was like, you're making too much money to be four and four, blah, blah, blah. See, I get I get the guy on on the one side of it. And I get what Dabo was saying, but that's where the disconnect, I think, is happening is between the fans and the coaches and why I think. Is it it time to shelve coaches' shows? That's another question we should should think I think eventually you're going to have to because it's going to reach a point where people are just going to call in. And, there's, you know, I, I was thinking about this this morning. Matt Jones had posted something about somebody called in about Kenny Payne and the, you know, I'll, I'll mention later. It, it, it was a racial remark that they had made about Kenny Payne because he was the coach at Louisville and they, they didn't screen his call and they just let him on through. And he basically just said what he had to say on, on radio. On air. Yeah. On air, yeah. And, yeah. I think that's a dangerous thing because you're letting people on that, you know, haven't played. Well, I mean, even even on top of that, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. In this situation, Dabo kind of looks like a prick. He does. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying saying that Dabo is, okay? I'm not saying that that's what he is. Him saying is in that situation with the way he responded to this guy, mm-hmm. he, he you know he come off as a as a prick, you mm-hmm. know, 
And well, I'm my biggest saying, thing was when he said, he, he said, you're not going to sit here and talk to me like I'm 12 years old. That's what, know. that's what, that's what really got me. Oh, I know. And, he come off and he said some and, stuff. And then, then he went on. He said, if you don't want to be a, if you don't want to support Clemson, don't be a fan. And yeah. I, I get where Dabo is coming from and I get where the fans coming from, but as a coach, when you do that to a to another like to your own fan base, it it disconnects everybody. Yeah, that's it what I said. So you've got you've got the one side where they can come on and say something that you know racial, or they can come on and say something that they shouldn't say, and then you got the other side where the coaches are beginning. You're starting to see that you know it's not like kind of up to par, and they're kind well, of looking. And, like and then you got coaches. Players. You got now you got coaches lashing out. Yeah, at fans, you know. and here here's another part of it that I, that I really took from it was Dabo did really good with it, but when he started talking about be a fan and and how he didn't fail and all this stuff, it's like he feels like he's better than everybody else. He went on like a 13 minute rant, and, and I didn't like that idea of it. And then I mean, it just kind of I don't know it. it it kind of set me sideways last night because I was sitting there listening to it and I was thinking, man, he's really talking to this fan like this. Like, imagine if another fan called in on some other show and did the same thing. Would another coach lash out like that? Like, it's going to reach a point where, you know. I mean, my thing is this, John, with this question, did Dabo go overboard? I'm going to say partly yes and partly no. Now, he I think he he had – I think he, he put had, him in a he put him in a body bag. I know that you know with the old saying. Yeah, I, mean, I think he had every right to say some of the stuff that he said. Mm-hmm. I just think that he he done it in a way where he came off as a prick, and that's exactly the word that I'm going to use. Yeah, he he, you know, he let him he let himself go too far, and then if you heard the end of it, it said, "Amen." Somebody had said, "I, I guess it was the the." the person, the, the host of the show said, amen. Yeah. And then he just kind of like click, clicked off. So, yeah. And I'm not saying that Dabo is okay, because I know that Dabo has, is a very, you know, good Christian man and, and lots of, you know, and does lots of good things and stuff. And, and, and in that community there and everything he dropped, he dropped some, he dropped some cuss words last night. He, he I'm just saying in that situation, he come off a little bit too much. He did. Well, my biggest and another complaint I had with him was when he said, Tyler, like making fun of him. Yeah. And that's what got me like, you're, you're, you're being a baby about all this. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just too much to me. Well, I mean, listen, when it comes to the Dabo situation, sometimes when you get your butt kicked, you have to take some of that. Honestly. You got to take some heat, yeah. I mean, you got to take some of that. Fans are not going to like getting their, you know, getting their butt kicked. I'm mm-hmm. from Kentucky. I know what I'm talking about. Fans <laughs> ain't going to like that, okay? Mm-hmm. So sometimes as a coach, you just got to sit back and take some heat. Yeah. All right. My next one, and this is the last big topic before the final buzzer. So Iowa yesterday announced – that they were letting 
Brian Ferentz go for 2024? Mm -hmm. What I find interesting in this is, is that they are doing the athletic administration is the one that's doing this and not his father, who is the head coach and who has the longest tenured head coach in college football, been the head coach since 1999. Mm -hmm. Most of the time in these situations, the head coach has to say so of who he's going to fire, who he's going to hire, who's who he's going to let go. But I found it interesting that in this situation, they are superseding their own head coach to fire his son. That's a little, I mean, it's just, it's very interesting what's happening in Iowa. It is. And I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked if his dad um, resides. Resigns. I I mean, that's just me. I mean, because, I mean, it's been a family thing, what, since 99, I think. And, you know, even when Hayden Fry was there. Brian, was a Brian has been there with his dad. Now, he he hasn't been OC this long, but he started with him in 2012. Yeah. And the thing about it is, even when they had Hayden Fry, it was a, it was a family thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it always, it's always been a family atmosphere at Iowa. Always has been. And I think now – you see that Brian is parents is gone. There might be that idea that well, he's still technically there right now, but they did tell him that he is not coming back. In I think it's I think it's the right move, though. I mean, if you look at Iowa the last couple of years offensively, they just ain't getting it done, and there there just needs to yeah, be a, a change. Okay, so the right move, in my opinion is you have to go to the head coach, which is his dad. You have to go to him and you have to say, okay, this has to be done. And and if it's not, then you can pack your bags too. That's the right move. I yeah. just don't really think the way this is handled. Yeah, it's it's not it's not really been handled correctly. You don't go and say and push the head coach to the side and be like, you know what, we're not going to respect you, you know, you, and we're going to push you to the side, and we're and we're going to manage your staff. Mm-hmm. Not only are we going to manage your staff, we're going to fire your son, and then expect you to come back. I, I just, yeah. I don't agree with that. For me, the way this is handled is an absolute no-fly. The way that this has been handled, I don't believe that that is the way that this should have been handled. I will say it one more time. The way this should have been handled is Iowa should have went to Kirk and said, Mm -hmm. Kirk, I'm sorry to have to do this, but Brian has been given every chance in the world. The offense is not up to par. The offense is not up to par. It hasn't been up to par the last two or three years. And Mm -hmm. he is he cannot come back 
and you have to make that decision or you both can go. Well, and if you listen to the press conference that Kurt had, he was really, really disappointed. I'm uh, telling you, I, I would be just, too. I mean, it would just—it just sounded kind of like, you know, I'm going to focus on these next four games, and then I'm going to be out. It's what it kind of—I'm not saying that's what he's doing. He's been there since 1999. I'm not saying that's what he's going to do, but just the way his voice sounded and the way his reaction was, it just sounded like that this might be it. But we don't—we don't know that yet because there's just there's a lot to happen between now and the end of the season. But I think this is a no-fly. I think this is a no-fly, though. So. Yeah. The way it was handled, man, it was absolute. To me, it's absolute no-fly. No. All right. So our final buzzer for tonight, I don't really have the topic up here, but I wanted to ask you about this. So over the weekend, Colorado played – UCLA in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, okay? One mm -hmm. of the meccas of college football. That is where UCLA has been playing their home games for the last few years, last mm -hmm. several years. And Colorado played there. And while the game was going on, Colorado players – had a ton, a bunch of jewelry stolen from their locker room. Yeah. Well, according to this Dion, is the Rose Bowl, people. I mean, yeah, this is the, a the, this is a fail of like. Listen, I don't give a crap yeah. what you think of Deion Sanders. I don't give a crap what you think of the way he's doing things or or. None of that matters, people. This is the Rose Bowl of college mm -hmm. football. I would hope, honestly, it's a huge black eye that you cannot go and play to a play a game of college football in the in one of the meccas of the sport. And there's not security, there's not cameras, there's not, I mean, it, you can't, you know, you can't go there. And have people standing at the door to, you know, to protect your locker room or, mm -hmm. I mean, come on. This is, that's ridiculous. This is well, 2023. According to Deion Sanders, he he put a lot of, I guess it was, yes, it might have been, yeah, it might have been today. He put a lot of pressure on the Rose Bowl. He he told him. He said, "This is the granddaddy of them all." He said, "I would like, I would like my, I would like my the my players for the Rose Bowl to reimburse them." Yeah, absolutely. You know? I agree and, with him hundred percent. And I'm gonna tell you something. And I'm sure, Grandpa, Granddaddy, whatever, I'm sure he's got money to throw around to help help these kids get get their equipment and get their jewelry and whatnot back. At the end of the day, and if they don't, it's a horrible thing to do. Not do. I mean, because... my thing is this: 
I mean, beyond that, I mean, come on. You can't go and play a damn football game in 2023 at the Rose Bowl, one of the meccas of college football. And while you are on the field playing, there is not security and cameras and hell, you could put motion detectors and 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 laser beams and everything in the damn locker rooms nowadays if you want to laser beams. i mean hey I mean, it, it, i'm not laughing but you talk about laser beams it brought me up to the austin powers <laughs> that laser beam. i mean it's 2023 guys yeah. i mean how in the hell does that happen yeah. i don't understand but it, it's and a bad situation it's on top of that it's just a black eye i mean it is on I the think, Rose Bowl, and and here's the thing well, that and I'm just going to say it. I think I think that there is a a bad image that kind of comes with with Dion and things like that, and and I'm just you know it's not right, it's not fair, and I think that plays into what happened is what I'm saying. Well, here here's here's the thing you got to look at. You might not like what Dion Sanders does. You might not like his antics and the things that he pulls which that's just Dion. He's done it ever since he's been at FSU and ever since the pros. He's but just he's always respected the damn game. He has. I agree. And and for you to walk into a visitor's locker room and just steal thousands of jewelry that is not yours and, you know, the rope and especially – Low down and dirty, and I'll just say it. And it's and, – and you're doing it at the Rose Bowl – one of the, the greatest places to play a, a football game where Keith Jackson has has done play-by-play -play for many years there. Legendary. Legendary place. And you're letting somebody walk in to a visitor's opponent's locker room and just take what's not theirs. Now, that, that's that's a problem. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. And, you know, for my final buzzer, I just wanted to put it in there. And, and, and talk about it because it's absolutely ridiculous. The Rose Bowl needs to step up, not only in reimbursing, but they need to find out the, the scumbags who done this. Yeah, they do. They, they really do. They need to find out who did it and make them pay everything back, I think. I would make them pay everything back. Honestly, they need to find the scumbags who done it, not only make them pay, they need to pay, they need to pay some kind of like legal price for that. Yeah, like you can't allow that kind of stuff to happen in the Rose Bowl at college football, and no, UCLA no. needs to step up and help since that's their home field. I agree with you. A hundred percent. Get on, Brad. Get on, buddy. Like it's just ridiculous. So anyway, that's my final buzzer for tonight. This has been College Sports Cast, the Big Fuss Show. Sometimes I get a little heated up about some of you these do. topics. Uh, but that's why I call yeah. it the Big Fuss Show. You can catch the fuss on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock um, Central, 9 Eastern. And we have a little fun here and do some topics. So our next show, John and I, maybe Taylor will be back on. I've got the new stuff, so it seems to be running better. So I might see if Taylor wants to be back on with us. Got some good games it'll this be, weekend. It'll be College Sportscast Game Day Pick'em. We do um, each week. 
you know, we pick about 10 or 12 of the best college football games and we use yeah, we, uh, and, and this week we got a we got a bunch of top 25 matchups this week. Some really decent we do. games. There's a whole bunch of good games to talk about this week. I mean, you got you got two games in the SEC that's basically gonna gonna decide the absolute leaders in the SEC East and West. Georgia, Georgia, Missouri, and LSU. And Alabama, LSU in the West. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's going to basically almost decide the West. And if you don't already know, that's an actual, tri- actual triple header on CBS. I think Ole Miss plays the first game. Um, yeah. I think they – is it Ole Miss? No, 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 no. It might be Missouri and Georgia, then Alabama and LSU is what I'm thinking. It might be a yeah. double header. And then – and, and then you, you can't also get enough – also, this weekend is probably for the last time in a long time is going to be the last bedlam. Yep. In Oklahoma, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma State. In Oklahoma State, at Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, surprisingly, is six and two. Oklahoma seven I'm really, and one. I'm really surprised at them being six and two with, with the quarterback. They are. They're six and two. Um, and if they're getting it at their house, and this is probably the last bedlam for a long, long while. So that's I'll going to be this. to pay attention to, too, if, this weekend. I'll say this about that game. If Oklahoma cannot get that loss against Kansas out of their minds this week, yeah, that's a dangerous game yeah. for them. It is. That's a, it's a tough game. This is going to be a tough game for them, absolutely. Yeah. So those are some of the games that we'll talk about. We'll use DraftKings. You can catch our show Thursday night, November the 2nd, a couple of nights at 8 o'clock, Central, 9 Eastern. And John and I, maybe Taylor will be on, and we always have picks, and we'll tell you how we did last week. We'll tell you how we're doing for the season. Um, and <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing so hot. <laughs> I, I didn't do real great last week, to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. – I am leading for the season. I will say, yeah, that. you're leading. <laughs> but I, last year, I did lead in the NCAA tournament thing. So, hey. yeah, <laughs> it can't be every All year. Right, so. guys. Again, um, I appreciate you guys being with me. The last thing that I want to talk about, real quick, before I go, is we are now part of Homefield Apparel. We love being a part of Home Field Apparel here at College Sportscast. It gives you lots and lots of college sports teams to be a part of. There's, I believe, between 150 and 180 available teams. It's a premium licensed college vintage apparel company. You can check them out. Use our code CSCAST for 15% off for your first time. And what's great about them, man, is there it's it's cool retro designs and logos. They have you know retro mascots. They do throwback teams. So, like if you're a Kentucky fan and you want a 1996 championship throwback, you know shirt, you can do that. You can get the the uh, unforgettables from '92. You can go back and get the Fiddlin' Five. And get a championship shirt from well, the and, and something right. else. It's if really you, cool. You wouldn't own. It might have been a couple of weeks ago. John actually, John Roberts actually had on one of the shirts. Auburn, yeah, he, he has Auburn like shirt. five or six of them. Yeah, John Roberts. He, he had on a he had an orange old throwback Auburn shirt. Yeah, and uh, 
They are really, really cool. Actually, this coming week, look for some new stuff. Um, they've got a little tip-off basketball campaign coming up, and we're going to be um, trying to uh, let you guys know about that. So I can't give all the details yet because it's a secret until they put it out. Uh, but I, I will say that there's a, like a tip-off going to be some specials for basketball this coming week. So I'm looking forward to that. And go to homefieldapparel.com, put in CSCast for 15% off, and get you some really, really cool retro vintage gear. All right, guys. We will see you thir uh, yeah, Thursday night. <laughs> see you Thursday night. Have a good one.